Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. JT waiting on the 3-2. Garcia steps, kicks, and deals. And it swung on, hit well to right. Going back on it, Tucker to the track at the wall. He jumps. It's gone. Yeah. JT with an opposite field home run just out of the reach of a leaping Kyle Tucker. And the Phillies take the lead here in the top of the 10th inning. 6-5, Phillies on top. A Saturday morning get-together here on 94 WIP. You probably recognize those two voices. Uh, They were busy last night calling a Phillies game that I think we'll be talking about for the next three hours. The we being yours truly, Jody McDonald, filling in for Glenn McNett today. Mac has got a family obligation. You know full well he wanted to be here and be able to enjoy today's festivities. Uh, But I got his stead. And Mike Zielski in his usual Saturday morning spot. Uh, Mike, what did you do, like taking a movie, out to dinner with the wife? What did you do last night, Zielski? Lawrence Welk reruns. <laughs> That's what I did, Jody. <laughs> no, I mean, I was, uh, I- I'm not in Houston, obviously, here in the studio, and was watching the game with some friends from the neighborhood, and um, it was quite a night, quite a, yep. quite a, an interesting night of baseball, Let's to, to understate it. Let's start with, before we start, breaking down the game and giving credit where credit is due. And, man, there's a lot of credit that goes around. The game took over four and a half hours. And there's been a lot of talk about how baseball is this slow-moving, isn't going to make it, and this millennial, uh, just too boring a game, not enough scoring. If you were not just riveted to your television or your radio, or God bless if you were down there in Houston, one of the few Philly faithful who got in, or out and about in many different places. See, that's one of the fun things about social media. You can see other people's parties via either pictures or videotape of how others are doing the same thing you're doing, only doing it in a different place. That is great about social media. If you were not completely enthralled and entertained by that game last night, well, and I'm sorry, you just shouldn't be a sports fan. Plain and simple. I don't care how much of a millennial you are, an NFL fan, an NBA fan. If you did not thoroughly enjoy and just be enraptured by that entire game, why the hell are you a sports fan? Yeah, I think you're right about that, Jody. And and this is something that, that Glenn and I have talked about, and I'm sure you've talked about it too. The difference between regular season baseball and postseason baseball is so vast, so wide, uh, that it's almost like they're two different sports because you play that game in the middle of June and you're saying to yourself, okay, maybe I couldn't stay awake for four and a half hours or however long the game was. You play that game uh, on the first night of the World Series and the entire country, or at least the portion of the country that loves baseball, is just locked in for that entire time. Uh, especially once the Phillies got through the lineup once and got to see Justin Verlander because, man, it was looking rough through those first three innings. He did. He pitched very well, but as we well noted before the game started, he's got this World Series thing. He's an unquestioned first ballot Hall of Famer, all-time great, 
but for some reason he just is not near as good in later October. And yes, the Phillies showed the patience that they've shown all year. And sure, yeah, we'll break it all down. Do want to ask you about one thing you just said, the the diehard baseball fan. How much are the casual baseball fans paying attention? We know here in Philadelphia, we're talking to a Philadelphia audience right now, Philadelphia and Houston, their teams are in. They are 100% uh, zeroed in and paying attention and uh, sitting on every single pitch. How do you think this one will play? We've got one game of evidence uh, to the casual baseball fan, the good baseball fan, but not the diehard baseball fan across the country this year. That's a good question. I think... The casual baseball fan honestly might be a little more interested in this World Series than maybe some previous ones for a couple of reasons. Number one, the Astros, without question, are the most, quote-unquote, villainous team in the sport, right? They they are hated. They are the cheaters. They are the team that's there every year. Uh, they are a good sports villain as a whole. Uh, and you saw a little bit of that last night, right, when Kyle Tucker kind of preened a little bit after hitting... Those two home runs. Uh, I know the group of fans I was with, they were not happy about that. And I'm sure a lot of Phillies fans uh, weren't happy about that. And I'm sure a lot of just casual baseball fans were looking at that and saying, there goes the Astros again. That's number one. Number two, the Phillies are an interesting team because they only won 87 games during the world during the regular season, though they are not the same team. They are not an 87-win team anymore. You know, you look at their record since Rob Thompson took over. They're clearly not a team that just kind of, oh, they were lucky to get in the playoffs and they only won 87 games. There's obviously a lot of talent on this team. And then thirdly, you have an absolute superstar in Bryce Harper. You have one of the four or five most recognizable players in the sport. And not only that, he's tearing the cover off the ball. So those are some factors that I think will, will draw in the casual baseball fan beyond those of us in the Philadelphia area who are already you know, locked in on this series. I think it's funny that you pointed out Kyle Tucker. If Kyle Tucker was a Philadelphia Philly, they'd be building a statue for him because he talks trash and then comes through and gets two home runs in the first game of a World Series. But because it's against the Phillies, oh, he's a villain, and how dare he preen. Not the word I would use to describe. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I get where where you're coming at, um, coming from. And the casual baseball fan may look at it a little bit different. I I don't want to talk to the casual baseball fan much today. I'd rather talk to the diehard Philly fan. This team is just amazing. And they they may win three more games, and we may have a parade, and then it's going to go down. It's an all-time great. But even if it doesn't, just the way this team has done what it's done over the past it's not even six weeks because, yeah, they had to scratch and claw and go up and down and peak and valley in September just to grab that last playoff spot. But from the time Nola spun the masterful game that he had that got them in, in Houston, not near as good last night, uh, to uh, where we sit today, the way that they just have this never-say-die attitude and the resilience they show week in and week out, game in and game out now, week in and week out, good couple of weeks, Mike. I, I don't know that we've ever seen a team like this. Uh, we, we're doing a lot of this. Howard just did it. Let's remember the uh, couple of bad old days when teams underachieved, where everybody's looking at the overachievers and like and trying to comp one team to another. This team is a little bit different. There, there are similarities, characteristics of other great Philadelphia teams in years gone by, but this one is a little bit different than I can ever remember before because they have the ability to just hang tough when the times are tough. They get the big hits. They make the big pitch. The manager pushes the right buttons. Oh, my God, he can do no wrong. Uh, right <laughs> about now, this team is different for me than any other Philly team I can remember, and I'm here 30-plus years. Yeah, they're they're playing with a looseness and a, a kind of relaxed confidence that I think is hard for Philadelphia teams to come by because the fan base is always so invested in the team's fortunes. This team has hit kind of a sweet spot where by getting in the playoffs the way that they did, they're the sixth seed, uh, they're the underdog, no matter how you want to frame it, no matter how good they've been since firing Joe Girardi and bringing on Rob Rob Thompson, they are a bit of an underdog, but they're an underdog with more than a puncher's chance. And that's kind of a sweet spot, I think, for the fan base where... People look at this and they say, I can give myself to this team 
And if it does well, if it keeps rolling along, if it beats the Cardinals and beats the Braves and beats the Padres and maybe wins the whole thing, this is going to be the ride of my my life as a fan. But even if they don't win, okay, they just got in. And I do think the getting in really mattered with this club. I think that was the, you know, the the weight is off the back, the the deep breath was taken once they won that game in Houston during the regular season where they clinched the playoff spot. I think you're right about that. And they've been playing like they just, without another way of putting it, they don't give a damn. And that is a very, very enjoyable sort of thing to watch. It's it's similar, and again, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but it's very similar to the Eagles run in 2017-2018. You have to be a loose team to go forward on fourth and goal against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady and to call a true play in that moment. And I feel like the Philly, this Phillies team, if there were a Philly special in baseball, this team would call it and run it, and it would work. <laughs> the Philly special to me is Nick Castellanos making sliding catches there in right field. I can't. I, I, I didn't see that happening once, let alone twice, here in this amazing playoff run. Uh, I like your description of the manager uh, with looseness. We've had a couple of managers in between Charlie Manuel and uh, Rob Thompson. Uh, All too many Philly fans remember the Ryan Sandberg era and the Gabe Kapler and the Joe Girardi era. Yeah, Pete McCann was in there. And I think Pete McCann is a lot more similar to Charlie Manuel and Rob Thompson than the others are. It's just they had no talent. They were bad baseball team yes. when Pete McCannon managed them. He could have been the loosest guy on the planet, and it wasn't going to be able to raise the talent in the room to, for that team uh, to be able to make a playoff team. But looseness works these days. It really does. It started with Charlie Manuel. We got it now with Rob Thompson. They do. They play such loose baseball, and... They play for each other. How many times have we heard a quote before the game, after the game, between days off and stuff like that, that it's all about their guys. Even Riyamuto, when he hit the home run last night in in the dugout with uh, the, the Kenny Rosen. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get on base because yeah. the guys behind me are going to deliver me. That he wasn't trying to hit a home run. Sure enough, it made the second row of the season. Thank you very much, JT. But that's the way this team has been playing for the last month, Mike. They're all for one and all, one for all, if you don't mind me using a uh, three musketeers line here. <laughs> that's the way they're playing and winning right now. Yeah, it's funny that Real Muto was the guy who really rescued them last night, right, with the two-run double and then obviously the game-winning home run. Uh, I was in the clubhouse after Game 5 of the Padres series, and he spoke, I think it was Game 5, might have been Game 4. Anyway, he spoke at length about the benefit that Kyle Schwarber has brought to the Phillies. And he said, I know the guy hit 46 home runs during the regular season. I know the guy hit one to the moon in Game 1 against the Padres. But no matter what he does on the field, it will not equal what he gives us day-to-day in the clubhouse, keeping us loose, keeping us focused. And and to me, Jody, baseball, as much as it is about strategy and when do you take your pitcher out and, uh, you know, the the tactical moves that a manager might make and the, the, the results of them based on what the players do on the field, more of it, a team success is about work environment to me. It is about do you come to the ballpark and are you put in a position to maximize your ability? And I don't think there's any doubt that Rob Thompson does that for this team. They needed a guy who just came in and said, you know what, I trust you guys. I don't need to be on your backs all the time. I don't need to create an atmosphere of tension, which is what Joe Girardi, who's a good baseball man and a good guy, did. He just did that, and it wasn't a, a good alignment for this roster at this moment. And the Phillies have found something here, and and we can talk about intangibles in sports all the time, and sometimes it's a lot of baloney. I don't think it is in this situation. I think, again, for lack of a better way of putting it, work environment matters, and the Phillies have a great one right now. And Rob Thompson has created that. Kyle Schwarber has certainly helped with that. Uh, The mix of young and old veteran and rookie guys have helped with that. But getting back to the nuts and bolts what kind of a rabbit's foot does Rob Thompson have in his back pocket right now? Because I sit there and watch the games and the decision to go with Nola over Wheeler, and I I don't agree with everything Rob Thompson does because I've got my own uh, 50 years baseball experience being around the game, and it doesn't mean that I just have to uh, blank check it and sign off that everything Rob Thompson does is right because he's Rob Thompson. Or should I? 
because the guy never gets anything. Even when he gets something wrong short-term, it seems to pay off long-term. How good is this guy right now at pushing all the right buttons? He he can't miss. He can't miss right now. And the thing I like about what he's doing, Jody, is he is managing every single game, or at least has since Game 2 of the Padres series of the NLCS, as if it is Game 7 of the World Series. Now, And I think, I don't know that anybody's asked him this yet, but I have to think that Game 2 of that Padres series kind of clarified his thinking. Because if you remember, the Phillies took a 4 nothing lead in that game. Aaron Nola allows a couple home runs. The Padres make this rally, and the question coming out of that game was, did Rob Thompson stick with Aaron Nola too long? Did he Should he have gotten him out of there sooner before the Padres really started to tee off on him? And if you look at the games ever since then, man, he is managing, you know, as if the season will end when that game ends. You know, as if it is game seven. And he did that last night. He brings in Jose Alvarado in what, the fifth inning? Jose Alvarado, when was the last time he pitched in the fifth inning in any game? I, I, did, I haven't looked it up, but, you know, you're saying to yourself, wait a minute, this is the guy who's supposed to pitch in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning, but no, Thompson's going to him right then, right there. Uh, and so I think knowing that helps the entire team. You know, there's no question about what the manager's going to do, how he's going to do it. It is all hands on deck all the time. And in a way, that's kind of liberating. You know, we're, we're talking a lot about how relaxed the Phillies are. I think the way Thompson is managing Again, not just from a work environment situation, but from a strategic situation, contributes to that. And the word that Rob Thompson used after the game, which is exactly what I was saying, one time where I was on the same exact page as Rob Thompson, at least after the fact, momentum. Yes. Fall behind 5 nothing. put up a couple of runs, the momentum has swung in your favor. And momentum is certainly a mobile thing that can go back and forth. And he didn't want to lose the momentum. And he felt that they had the momentum going in their direction. In-game momentum is something that that's what a great manager ju- does. He judges it correctly. He did there. He said, we can't lose the momentum. I can't let uh, them get the, the momentum back on their side. And that's why he went to Alvarado exactly when he did. And again, paid dividends. Yes, David Robertson made us all a little nervous in the ninth <laughs> inning with these uh, tying and go-ahead run at second base. But sure enough, he got the last out. Uh, again, Rob Thompson can do no wrong right now. All right, uh, he's Mike Sealski. I'm Jody McDonald for Glenn Macna this morning. It's going to be majoritively Phillies. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. But we don't want to just turn our backs on an undefeated team here in town. The Philadelphia Eagles will get back at it again tomorrow against the Steelers, putting their 6-0 record on the line. I I don't know if you heard me, Mike, but I already locked up a playoff spot for the Eagles. I, I think they've already guaranteed themselves a playoff spot I don't know about the division because the Giants and Cowboys are hanging on their heels, but they're guaranteed to get a playoff spot. But uh, how far do you think this undefeated thing can go? You know, it's a really good question, Jody. I, I actually wrote about this in the Inquirer the other day, kind of a tongue-in-cheek column about, you know, could they go 17-0, and could they go 20-0? and And, of course, I don't think they will. But you look at their schedule and you look at the quarterbacks they're going to be facing throughout these final 11 games. You know, Kenny Pickett and the Steelers don't exactly strike fear in your heart. <laughs> you know, uh, Davis Mills and, and the Houston Texans. Uh, you know, who else do you have coming up? The, um, the Indianapolis Colts just benched Matt Ryan. Right. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not exactly having a great season. Um, you know, look, uh, if, if you ask me what game do I think they're going to lose, they're probably going to split with the Giants, and they may lose that game in Dallas on Christmas Eve just because you don't know what the circumstances will be. And those are the two teams, as you said, who are right on their heels. But um, this is a team that can win 13, 14 games this season, I I think, very – I shouldn't say very – relatively easily. And I think you're right. I think they're already a playoff team. And we're not completely putting the Eagles in in the rearview mirror, but they're off to the side compared to the Phillies right now. But they'll jump back front and center, and we do want to give them their props because, yeah, they're the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and they get back after a bye week tomorrow. So we're going to have both a Philly guest and an Eagle guest today. But more importantly, we're going to give you guys a chance to be heard. On our telephone lines, 215-592-9494. Bring your best up to the table because we've got a giveaway that erstwhile producer Kyle Quinn will be judging. 
the best call that comes in over the course of this three-hour show, we'll be picking up the uh, shot uh, gift certificate. So uh, we'll get the phones open and rolling right here, right now. 215-592-9494. He's Mike Sielski. I'm Jordan McDonald in for Glenn Mack now today. Phillies up one nothing in the world. They own game one. Can they own another series, which would be the World Series, and get us a parade here in Philadelphia? We're talking about it right here on 94 WIP. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Saturday morning get-together here on 94 WIP. I'm Jody McDonald in for Glenn Mack now today. Yeah, Glenn's got a family affair. Wishes he were here. Believe that. Uh, Mike Sielski, his Saturday partner, is with me today. For those who either are just coming back from a retreat or a mission in Guam, <laughs> or if you, you touch down on a trip out of town with uh, Elon Musk and uh, the spaceship has just landed, uh, Phillies win last night, 6-5 in 10 innings, trail 5 nothing early, rally and tie it, unbelievable job by both bullpens. So let's give a little credit here to Houston Bullpen. We love our uh, Phillies bullpen, what they did. Houston Bullpen was pretty great till the JT home run in the 10th, including our buddy Hector Neris. Were you, like, torn? Because I was always a Hector guy. I liked Neris. I thought he was unfairly at times critiqued here in town. I thought he did a damn good job for us. He did a damn good job for Houston again this year. I was, like, bummed when he came into the game last night. Were you? I wasn't bummed, but it was – uh, It was fami- let me put it this way, Jody. It was familiar to have the Phillies season riding on the right arm of Hector <laughs> Neris. Let's put it that way. So, so then you felt that uh, Hector uh, should be given credit for having gotten the one. Although, between you and I, I'm not sure he threw a strike in the hole at bat that he had. Uh, yeah. They, they the, went fishing on him. Yeah. Castellanos did not have a great at bat uh, in that situation. I, th- I think I pointed that out on Twitter at the time that uh, he was not thrown a strike in that at bat. Um, <laughs> look, Neris was a very good closer. He was not, he, he often walked the high wire, I think. And. Anybody who was part of the Phillies at that time, I think, there there are certain players and pitchers who are going to be emblematic of what the team was before it got to the playoffs this year, right? They just kept coming up short, coming up short, and and so you're going to remember the moments where Hector Neris didn't rise to the occasion more than the 35 saves or 40 saves that he would get over the course of a full regular season. Walk the high wire. You mean like the guy who got the save for the Phillies last night? You know, but that's the thing, Jody, is that once you're in the playoffs, I think people kind of take that for granted. Um, You know, I was just looking up something that David Robertson is one of five Phillies relievers this postseason, not even just relievers, just pitchers, who had a save. Um, You know, you're talking about Zach Eflin was the closer. Ranger Suarez closed out the, the National League Championship Series. You know, we mentioned Jose Alvarado, Sir Anthony Dominguez. Uh, I think once... You, as a watcher of baseball or a fan, kind of give yourself over to the idea that every game is its own self-contained thing, and Rob Thompson's going to manage to win that game and not worry about the next day. 
then it becomes a little bit easier to handle all the nervousness and all the agita you get in your stomach watching you know each pitch in the seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Are you telling me Brad Hand's going to save game two tonight? That would dogs? surprise me. Is that, that what you're trying to tell me here, Sielski? I'm not trying to tell you anything related to Brad Hand. Let me put it that okay. way. I actually I tweeted this last night because, again, and uh, I, please, I feel the need to go to confession when I ever disagree with Rob Thompson these days. I actually thought there was a chance he was going to bring Brad Hand in to face Alvarado because he had been treating him like Babe Ruth, that we're going to go to our one, maybe our best reliever in the fifth inning because we got to have the lefty-on-lefty matchup. We're going to use our game three starter in the seventh inning because we can't have him uh, face a right-handed. I was kind of scared that he was going to go to Brad Hand, the only lefty out there left in the pen in the ninth inning just because he had been uh, – the two previous moves had been so dictated by it needs to be left-on-left – David Robertson got the job done. You are 100% correct, Mike Sielski. Yeah, you know, and and look, Robertson has plenty of experience in situations like that. He's pitched a a long time. Uh, He's a motivated guy. He has spoken openly about the fact that, you know, he doesn't feel like he has been his best self in his two stints with the Phillies because of injuries, and he wants to do well. And that is a good thing to have in a player or a pitcher, um, especially one as experienced as, as David Robertson. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Let Phil's fans be heard. Chris from Clinton's up on 94WIP. Jody and Mike, I cannot believe what I watched last night. I am not going to get more than four or five hours of sleep until this series is over, and I don't <laughs> care. How are you guys doing? Very good, We're, Mike, we're great, like Chris. You. We're great. Well, so I wanted to highlight a few what I think might be underrated moments from last night that I don't want to have overlooked. Um, the first is the Castiano single in the top of the, I believe it was a fourth, um, after Dusty Watson held Reese Hoskins on second uh, with two out, or on third, excuse me, with two outs. Um, I was ready to come on the air and curse out Dusty Watson this morning, <laughs> but um, I thought that that was huge. Obviously, that got the rally going. Yeah, no, that that's a big moment, and it was an interesting moment in that game because Harper, Bryce Harper, was one obviously who hit the single that moved Hoskins to third base, and this was a discussion topic uh, amongst the fans I was with last night. Chris, you know, why didn't he send him? Why didn't he send him? Harper hit the ball so hard, and he hit it right at the right fielder on one hop. If the ball had been five feet to either side, I think Wathen sends Hoskins and doesn't doesn't think twice. But the fact that Harper hit it so hard and hit it right at the right fielder probably factored into his thinking about why he didn't send Reese Hoskins, who, remember, is not exactly Jimmy Rollins when it comes to speed. Well, that's definitely fair. Just, you know, in that moment, I, I thought that, that was just there, the one chance to get those runs, and they, they did. Thank, thank the Lord. But the other underrated um, inning um, from a Phillies pitcher last night, I thought was Aaron Nola in the bottom of the fourth. Now, I'm not going to come on and say that that was Aaron Nola's best performance. It's far from it. But the bottom of the fourth, um, the Phillies had just gotten those three runs, and I'm praying, shut them down quick and keep this momentum. Um, it was 8-9-1 and one for the Astros. He had already given up singles to their eight-hole and nine-hole hitter, and then Altuve, you know, John Smoltz won't shut up about how he's always dangerous. <laughs> um, but I, I came into that inning just hoping for Aaron Nola to be able to shut them down quick, and he did. And I know that he had a, a horrible start. I still have faith in him for whenever he pitches next. Hopefully they don't need him if this goes only four and doesn't go five. But but I, have, I, I thought that that was one of the biggest moments in the game last night. Um, was Aaron Nola coming on and shutting them down in the fourth, um, you know, at least after the fact. Um, Chris, good, it, it's up. a really good point. Uh, we talk about it and baseball broadcasts talk about shutdown inning. Yeah. After you make, and going back to the manager and the momentum swing, yes, when the Phillies put up those runs, the momentum swung in the Phillies' direction. Aaron Nola goes out, gives up a two-spot immediately, and all of a sudden it's a five-run lead again. The momentum's gone. So you're right. That played into the momentum continuing to roll in the Phillies' direction and should be uh, noted. Bob from Delrand's up on 94 WIP. Well, I want to have a request. I know it won't get because I know people don't, don't people's nature is they don't like to apologize or say anything. I think Tucker owes the Philadelphia fans an apology for saying that they're going to sweep in four games. And if I'm no, the he manager, didn't say I, that. 
He didn't say that. He said we'd like to. He didn't predict. He didn't guarantee. He didn't say they're going to win in four games. He said we'd like to win in four games. Well, any team would, I'm sure. Okay, um, my next question is, with Segura playing pretty well, does that kind of eliminate the Phillies from maybe going after Trey Turner? Because I think he'd be great uh, at the top of the lineup, and he wants to go on the East Coast, and I don't want to see him go to the Yankees. Bob, Bob, do us a favor. Go back next week with that, all right? <laughs> they're, they're kind of in the middle of making a I World know, Series I run. I really don't want to talk about what the Phillies offseason moves are going to be. Do you, Mike? Am I wrong to say that? Uh, I don't think you're wrong, Jody. I think we all kind of need to to live in the now. Exactly. Let's, let's put it that way. And, and it can't get better than this right here, right now. They've won three straight series. They won coming back from five runs. Let's talk about the 2023 Phillies up on the... <laughs> Come on. Well, Jody, look, I mean, this series is already over, right? I mean, Ooh. you know, it's not as if the Astros Fielski won. jumping well, into the deep end won, of the pool. Of, well, uh, no, no, no. I'm being facetious. But, okay. look, I mean, the Astros won, only won 106 games during the regular season <laughs> and had been 7-0 and in the postseason. This series is over because it's one game to none. Look, when I say live in the now, I mean live in the now. It's perfectly great and to revel in what happened last night. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah, we, we definitely don't need to, to think about uh, the right side of the infield in 2023, I don't think. The only thing that matters is nine and a half hours to first pitch. That's the only thing you should be worried about at this time is first pitch game two tonight right here on 94 WIP. Chuck from Wuss is up on 94 WIP. Chuck. Good morning. Uh, Mike, let me ask you something. You touched on something a little while ago that I've been waiting for somebody to talk about it, and nobody's talking about it, not just your station either. This bat that uh, Cassiano had. Mm-hmm. And they Listen, first of all, we know the history of the pitcher. He's all over the place. But after the first pitch, because he threw him five balls, why is there no such thing as a take sign anymore? Because if there's a take sign with a given batter, they win that game in, in regulation. Why wasn't this guy given the take? This guy doesn't even know the strike zone. Well, I think a couple reasons, Chuck. Um, and again, I'm just speculating here. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not in Houston. I didn't ask Rob Thompson about this. I'm kind of going on what has become conventional thinking in baseball a lot of the time. The thinking tends to be if a guy is wild, there's a good chance that he's going to groove one to try to get the strike zone back. And so you don't want to take the bat out of a hitter's hands when a pitcher might do that. He might just throw a cookie up there to try to get it over the plate, and you don't want to tell a hitter like Castellanos, who obviously has not had a great season but has a track record of being a very good hitter, hey, don't swing until you get a strike because then if the pitcher grooves one and Castellanos takes it, he's going to turn and look at the dugout and say, I could have hit that ball 450 feet, and you made me keep the bat on my shoulder. Mike, let me say this to you, and your point is well taken. You watched this kid for six months like I did. He's got no conception of the strike zone. So for one time, I'd take my chance and said, Mike, look, you do a good job. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Chuck. I, Chuck, I appreciate thanks that. Thanks for the call. Did Castellanos not get a couple of big hits for them last night? Am I, am he, I forgetting? He did. I know he it did. is now, oh, 12, 13, 14 hours ago, and, and my memory isn't what it used to be. But he did actually get a couple of big hits for the Phillies last night, right? Look, Jody, this is Philadelphia, man. It It is not, hey, they did well. This guy did well or the team did well. It is, yeah, they did well, but they could have done better. <laughs> and they oh, could've... no. He didn't, see, that's what annoys me, Mike. Good job out of you because you did start with, yeah, he did well, but. Oh no! The caller went directly to what he did badly. How do you not take a? How do you not make Hector Neris throw a strike? This guy has no play discipline whatsoever. He kind of made a nice play in left field too, and I don't think he can play uh, in right field all that well. But damn, if he didn't come up with a game-saving play last night, why can't we emphasize the positive, Jody? Again. This is Philadelphia. Philadelphia, you know, it's it's it is not enough to be Philadelphia fans in this. They're making me look bad this morning. We are look Philadelphia's fan base and the people who follow these teams and cover these teams. If there is one thing you can say about all of us, it is that really we're never satisfied, right? I mean, I feel that way even writing my column. Like a team that's you know you write about the Eagles and you say they're doing really well. 
you know, yeah, but they could improve this. Their special teams aren't great. You know, can you really trust Jalen Hurts in a big game, et cetera, et cetera? There is, there is an element of, you know, everybody looks at the beautiful Christmas tree but feels compelled to point out that the star on top of the tree oh. is just a little bit off-center. Right, but as long as they say, wow, the Christmas tree looks great, but rather than just jump fair, until you fair. walk up to Christmas tree looks great and go, holy mackerel, look at that lopsided <laughs> star. Please, we're jo- better than that. Jody, you're getting soft in your old age, man. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm not as nasty as I used to be. Let's that put guy. it that way. All right, he's Mike Sielski. I'm Jody McDonald for Glenn Mack now today. Make your calls good. I can guarantee you those last two calls will not be getting the Shive gift certificate. If, if Quinn picks either of those two, I will uh, come over to Philadelphia and punch him in the face. Uh, <laughs> wow. We got pl- we have Jody McDonald threatening violence. Yeah, well, as long as we're being uh, Negadelphians, why can't I be one, too? Oh, right. boy. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. All right, we got two guests joining us. Um, Scotty Lauber was there at the ballpark till ever, forever last night, late ending game. So we gave him the noon. He's going to hop aboard live from Houston. And, yes, we do not want to forget that we have an undefeated football team here. So Ruben Frank from NBC Sports uh, Philly and also right here on 94. WIP is going to hop aboard. So we'll uh, get a good Eagle guest and a good Philly guest up for you. We'll also get your calls more so here the rest of this hour. 215-592-9494. Sealski and McDonald here with you on 94 WIP. Saturday morning, a victorious one after game one of the World Series this morning here on 94 WIP. Jody Mack in for Glenn Mack now with Mike Sealski. We'll hang around with you today till 1 o'clock. This week in Philly sports history, and maybe some history was made last night, is brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, your home for the best Philadelphia playoff gear. Visit them in Center City, Wayne, or at ShibeSports.com. Shibe Vintage Sports, there's a story in every single stitch. All right, Kyle, play the highlight. Fans on their feet. Rally towels are being waved. Brad Lidge stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Look at this. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Brad Lynch does it again and stays perfect for the 2008 season. 48 for 48 in save opportunities. And what the city celebrate? That was October 29, 2008. At times it seems like it was only yesterday, and sometimes it seems like it was 40 years ago. But the Phillies win the World Series with Brad Lidge registering the final out. Mike Sielski, where were you? I was in the press box at Citizens Bank Park. I was uh, writing and finishing off a column for the Bucks County Courier Times and the Doylestown Intelligencer, the the newspapers I worked for at the time. And I did the thing uh, that that I ended up doing 10 years later after the Eagles won Super Bowl 52. I filed my column. I sent it in. I went to the back of the press box. In 2008, I opened up my flip phone that I had at the time, (laughs) and I called my parents' house and spoke to my dad and said, listen, Pop, I got to go down to the clubhouse and interview these guys, but can you believe the Phillies won the World Series? And that lasted about 35 seconds, just wanted to touch base with him, and then went downstairs and did my job. Very cool. And that's uh, everyone will always remember where they were. I know where I was. And, uh, of course, that was a great call by uh, the legendary Harry Kylas. May rest in peace. I was sitting in the section in front of Harry's restaurant in left field Mm. with my daughter, who at the time was 12 years old and was just beginning becoming as big a sports fan as she is. Oh, by the way, Philly sees a ticket holder and has two tickets to a game's two uh, tickets to two games in the upcoming uh, three games coming back here to Citizens Bank Park. 
and it was phenomenal just to be with the peeps. Because I know, Sielski, as you mentioned, you had to go to the back of clubhouse and take care of personal business. You can't throw the fist in the air. You can't bang on the table. You have to act with decorum in the press box. I was actually glad not to be in the press box because I could scream. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Even yell to my heart's content and hug <laughs> my daughter out there in left field. Uh, but that is uh, this week in Philadelphia sports. Pretty darn good one, if you ask me. Uh, we will be giving away a Shives Vintage Sports gift certificate to the best call we get over the course of the show. Uh, so feel free to get on our telephone line. 215-592-9494. Anthony from Levittown's up on 94 WIP. Hey, Tone. Guys, what's going on, man? I wish I had like a half-hour segment or something because uh, I could just talk about this all day. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm elated. My alarm had – I had to give it like 5.45. I was up to 1. I didn't even care. Oh, my gosh. I'm still running on adrenaline. Um, Silski, you said something about Hector Nearest. We forget about him having like 35, 40 saves in a season. Yeah, he's, I think I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's never had over 30. He's oh, well, there that. you go. Okay. Yeah, I didn't he, have the number in front of me. And I'm not you know, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it because I – I'm one of the biggest Hector Neres haters of all time. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you with Castellanos. It's like you like you keep feeling like this bat should come around, you know. And at that point, I'm like, God, just don't swing. Just don't swing. You have the bases loaded here. Don't swing. Let this dude get crazy. And you want to get through like their bullpen in these kind of games, right? Like you go ten innings. It's an early bullpen game. You would never think Verlander and Nola are going to be out by the fifth, both of them, or the sixth, whatever it was. And you know, it's just like, man, what's going on here? Like. Just, just don't swing against Nearest. This guy is as bad as it gets. You know, so like I, as a as a Philly fan, us watching, we want nothing more than Hector Nearest to come to the mound because that guy just has no control. And when things get tough, he gets worse. And um, you know, I'm just it's it's I I actually I told when I called in I was against like, yeah, Phillies are sweeping in four, and I had that I was like, man, this is gonna be like a six game series. And after they won that game last night, I'm sitting there before bed. You know, I'm standing up in my living room. I'm like, dude, they're sweeping. Like they're they're gonna go in there with Wheeler tonight and. You know, we're going to pull out another win, you know, and this is like I'm a, I'm a baseball purist. You know, I coach my son in baseball. I've been playing baseball my whole life. And, um, you know, the things – everything's just written on the wall for this team. And Wheeler's going to go in there tonight and deliver a gem. You're going to go out of Houston 2-0. I was at the 08 World Series, right, and that was one of the craziest crowds I've ever seen whenever they won. I was there. And it was – I've never seen anything like it until I went to the Braves game – I think it was game, game three. Game three, to. yes. I went to game three against the Braves this, this – uh, series and i i've never seen anything like that so i can't imagine what the nlcs was like because i wasn't there and i can't imagine what this world series is going to be like philly fans have not had their opportunity to let houston know about the cheating scandal you got to pile that on top of it being a world series game being up to nothing is what's going to happen this is going to be insane I'm, I'm just i'm telling you like i'm not trying to be like one of those guys like you know, no, I, I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying, Anthony, and, and thank you so much for the call. I, I think you, you your sentiments reflect what a lot of people in the Delaware Valley are feeling right now. You know, Jody, it's interesting. Um, my colleague, Matt Breen, who's covered the Phillies for, you know, five to ten years now, and his father actually works for the team, has really had his finger kind of on the pulse of this team throughout the postseason. Uh, heading into the Padres series, for instance, he predicted the Phillies would win in five games, which they did. And, and he made a good point uh, yesterday, which was that he wonders how much of the atmosphere at Citizens Bank Park is not just that the Phillies haven't been in the playoffs for so long and fans are finally enjoying that. How much of it is that we've all been cooped up because of the pandemic for two years and now there's an element of like we're able to get out and be with each other and people are able to celebrate and, you know, enjoy 
a run like this together. Um, I, I wonder about that. I wonder if that's contributing to the environment we're seeing at the ballpark. And absolutely would, we'll see for games three, four, and if there is a five. Would not be surprised if there was something to that. I think it's an excellent point. I would say more so last year. We're, we're now a year and change removed from the real grasp of the pandemic. But, hey, I, I'm watching the, the interviews from the uh, clubhouse last night. Still a bunch of guys that are wearing masks in there because it's so you have to. tightly on top of that you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, Major League Baseball's regulations are that you have to wear masks uh, in the clubhouse after games. So that's... That's the reason I think people are doing that. But, you know, not to take this conversation in a direction, you know, kind of far afield. But I think Anthony makes a great point that the environment that has been in place at Citizens Bank Park in this postseason is unlike any environment in Major League Baseball. I can't even I'm trying to think of an analogy and I can't come up with one. The, The the charge that's in the ballpark, it's like the park is a living, seething thing and uh, it is affecting the Phillies' opponents. It's, it's you know, buoying the Phillies and, and shaking their opponents. I don't think anybody can deny that. Two quick things uh, about the obligatory mask wearing in the clubhouse. So the players don't have to wear masks, but the media has to wear masks. Not, not sure yes. if I yes. kind of agree with that. And number two, about the ballpark. Citizens Bank Park has been so unbelievable. You're right. It's its own living entity. And I would argue with anyone who wants to say that they think their park is as loud as what Citizens Bank has been in this playoff run. It's not even close. Uh, The the Phillies are putting everyone else in their rearview mirror as far as fan participation and action and volume goes. But I don't get the need to badmouth other teams' fans. I was doing a post-game show with John Johnson. He was getting all over the San Diego fans. And I said, you realize how well the Philly pitcher pitched, right? There was nothing to cheer about here. And I was in the ballpark for game three against Atlanta. There were times. It wasn't like it was a continuous three-and-a-half-hour just uh, scream fest. No, there's ups and downs to every single game, like last night. The Houston fans were I think, the, and again, judging from afar, both you and I back here in the Delaware Valley, not in Houston, will get Scott Lauber's take on it when we punch him up at uh, noon. It sounded pretty loud when Kyle Tucker was hitting home runs, didn't it? Yeah, it did. But it, the, the environment at Citizens Bank Park has been pitch to pitch a steady buzz. Um, you know, you certainly had that in games four and five of the National League Championship Series. Uh, you have fans getting into every single at bat. It's it's a it's a different kind of environment. It's almost like a I, I don't know like a like an NHL playoff game. I, I've always felt that an NHL playoff game was maybe the best environment in sports. It feels like you're inside a pot of boiling water, and that's kind of what it feels like at this ballpark during this playoff run. I'm not trying to downplay. Yeah, Jody. Why do you hate Philadelphia bank. fans, Jody? <laughs> I'll, I'll repeat kidding, myself, Mister Sealski. <laughs> um, they are the uh, champion. They're, they're, there's not another fan base that can compare to what Philadelphia does. But I don't know why we can't just take the credit for it. Why we have to spit on their, our opponents while they're down? That's my question, Jody. It's it's like that devoted Philadelphia sports fan Gore Vidal, the writer, once said, "It is not enough that I succeed." Others must fail. All right. I'll, I'll be canceling my <laughs> subscription to Gore Vidal's magazine. He's the one who said it. He's the one who said it. Uh, fair enough. Uh, he's Mike Sielski. I'm Jody McDonald. Uh, we're going to continue to take your Phillies calls. If you want to make an eagle call, we're not going to turn you away. As a matter of fact, we're going to make an eagle call next. Joining us next is going to be our very own Ruben Frank, NBC Sports Phillies. Uh, we've got an Eagle football game coming up tomorrow that's kind of important. They are 6-0 and trying to get to 7-0. and We'll talk Steelers-Eagles with Ruben Frank next here on 94 WIP.
<sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 